Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Equally Responsible Opinion Show. Uh, my man, Kevin Atkins. First time you and I doing the pod. First time you and I doing the podcast together. So little intimate. This is this is crazy. It's been. I feel like it's been ages since I've seen your face in real life. A week. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly one week that uh i i feel like we'll share maybe one story about what it was like down there in, in uh texas uh but before we get to that we got a lot to talk about nfl huge week one uh we got nba tr- we got some nba news with john wall one out of houston and i don't think i was expecting on my covid bingo board trinidad balls to be trending on there uh, but we'll we'll get to Nicki Minaj and all that a little bit later. But first, I do want to talk about the NFL. Uh, week one started off with your reigning NFL Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, sure. defeating the Dallas Cowboys 31-29, to uh, capped off by an amazing Monday night performance in overtime at the new Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, or the Death Star. Can't, crazy game. So before I, like, you know, <laughs> yo, well, let me just end it right there and let me get right to it then. Uh, what was your takeaway from NFL Week One? Um, honestly, like the teams that we think are going to be good look good. Um, I think the probably the biggest surprise for me was um, Pittsburgh being able to come back on Buffalo like that. I did not see that coming. Um, the Cowboys look great in defeat. Which is typical cowboy fashion, so I'm expecting another eight and eight season from them. <laughs> it looks just about that. Um, and I mean, those are the two biggest things. I mean, the money line game was crazy in itself. Um, it's kind of hard when Baltimore loses with like their second best secondary player, and you have a play like that go over the top in overtime. That's that's rough. But uh, I think week one has been. It's been pretty indicative of how the season's going to go on for the rest of the year. Well, it's crazy to me because I think my biggest takeaway has to be how the West was won. I mean, just going into the season, I think we all kind of knew the NFC West was going to be strong. But, I mean, come on, Arizona just coming out and shellacking Tennessee. That, that, at, that like, was, in Tennessee. That was another surprise, too, because the fact that they shut Derrick Henry down completely, which is a hard thing to do. Down, and it's it, – and it's interesting, too, because you brought the Cowboys like, come on, Ezekiel Elliott, you sit out for a year like will you get injured and then you don't play and then you come out and you have like that many touches, five touches like it makes no sense. But when you look at the NFC West from top to bottom, Russell Wilson goes on the road, beats the Colts. Arizona goes on the roads, beat the Titans. The 49ers were up huge on Detroit. They let Detroit come back in a little bit, but they still got that win. And the Rams, I know they were playing a little bit of a depleted offensive line in the Bears, a little bit of depleted secondary in the Bears. But Matt Stafford, for a lot of people that said he was done or didn't have the arm strength, he was finding a lot of open receivers. And we're talking wide open receivers That's in the secondary. Matt Stafford's problem, Matt Stafford's problem was that after Megatron <laughs> retired, he had no one else to throw the ball to. I mean, Golden Tate and Marvin Jones can only do so much. With this receiving core they have now, he has a lot of targets, a lot of weapons, and he can slay that thing. He's always been in my eyes one of the top ten uh, quarterbacks any given season, um, just based on his peers' arm talent. Yeah, and I think when you look at the AFC West, the Chargers had to like barely escape against Washington, but a lot of people think that Washington's defense at the end of the day will be a top ten yeah, defense. defense. So Justin defense. Herbert. Sh- 
that front four is very, very good. So Justin Herbert coming out there and throwing 31 of 47 for 337 yards plus a touchdown. Keen Allen looked fantastic. Nine receptions for 100 yards. Uh, the Raiders, again, escape. Mike Williams, I mean, it's crazy that, you know, he's in a contract year and everyone thought he was going to be the number two guy, like the number two guy, huge power forward wide receiver who can go up there and catch out of Clemson. And he hasn't really lived up to that. But now he knows like, oh, contract year, second year with Justin Herbert, maybe like he comes out of the reins a little bit. And then come on, we got to get up to the Broncos. Like everyone thought, oh, Teddy Bridgewater, he's just going to come in here. He beat out Drew Locke. He'll maybe be like a game manager. But they went on the road against the Giants, who the Giants aren't the best team, but they went on the road and smacked them down 27 to 13. And speaking of a former Charger, Melvin Gordon. Where has this been? This, 11 carries for 101 yards? Because he was pretty pedestrian. He had a 70-year-old touchdown run. So he had 11 attempts for 100 yards. <laughs> That's, if you take out that 70-yard, he really wasn't doing much. So he kind of lucked out with that. I mean, you got to look at it from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah, that's going to get you numbers, whatever. But the consistency, like how many times is going to hit a home run like that? That's true. But I guess my biggest takeaway from this is like when we go into it, it's the first time since the merger – of 1970 that both divisions and each conference AFC West and NFC West or any division has like eight no to start the season. Every team in the NFC West won every team in the AFC West won. So my question to you, Kev is like, who do you see coming out the West in both? Like it's going to be tough. NFC is always a toss up. It's always going to be a toss up AFC. That's hard. That's really hard. Cause I don't see, any of those teams making much of a deep impact in the playoffs out of the AFC at least. Well, I think uh, it's going to be tough, man. Cause of course you got the chiefs. Like that's the big, that's and like the, the biggest the chiefs thing. Don't count. So chiefs are, the chiefs don't count. That's <laughs> not what I'm talking about. The chiefs are going to be probably back in the Super Bowl again. If you know, barring any major injuries on their part. So my biggest thing is like, you look at the NFC West and yeah, you're absolutely right. That's tough. Like, I live in Los Angeles, so it's hard not to get swept up in the hoopla. That is the L.A. Rams. The defense looks pretty good. The offense is going to be – looks like the offense is going to be pretty good with Matt Stafford coming in there. Worried about the Rams. Yeah, but then you look at like – but then you look at the Seahawks. Like Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett look like they just left off where they did last year. And then Chandler Jones on defense for Arizona, five sacks. That's fantastic for game number one. And we haven't even talked about J.J. Watt. Haven't even talked about J. <laughs> Stop it. We haven't even talked about J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins. We didn't talk about it. It was all Kyler Murray on offense you know, and all Chandler Jones on defense. Murray had to throw that back corner, uh, that third down touchdown zone. In the back corner, he just threw that shit up, hop uh, back there somewhere. It's it's going to be tough for me. I think out of the NFC West, I'm going to be a homer after one week. I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to go with the Rams for well, right now. For right now, I'm going to be a homer for right now. Cardinals, they're not that – the win was cool, but that's not them. They're not going to be able to get, uh, maintain that type of play, I don't believe, the rest of the season. Um, second thing, uh, Seahawks, we saw this last season. First five to seven games, offense was high-powered, but the problem was their defense. The defense was not uh, – was giving up a lot of yards, a lot of yards, and then when you give up that many yards, it makes it easy for them to score. So that's my major concern. Like you said, I think L.A., the Rams, that is, um, they have the best chance because they have the defense and the offense. Uh, 
That's going to be tough though. It's going to be tough. Cause maybe like San Francisco, don't forget about them. Like, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, as long as we want to talk about game manager, he might be able to do that. He's done it in the past. And then when it comes to AFC West, as you said, Chiefs most likely will probably be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. Who knows? Still a lot of time left to be played. Chargers, Broncos might be fighting for second. And then the Raiders, like, that was a crazy win. But as you noted, you're playing a depleted Baltimore secondary. Lamar had to do basically everything for himself on offense after they lost three running backs in training camp. Yeah. They lost three running backs in training camp, Baltimore did. So who knows? It's 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 week one. It was great. But I do want to get to fantasy a little bit because you play fantasy, diehard fantasy player. <laughs> I play fantasy a little bit. I went one out of two, won one league, actually got the highest score. Shout out Tyreek Hill. Uh, lost in another league. Because Amari Cooper decided to go off. But uh, how did your week one go of fantasy? Um, I'm in two leagues, Yahoo and ESPN this year, and um, 2 and 0 first week. Um, I had the luxury of having Amari Cooper on my Yahoo league. Amari uh, <laughs> Cooper and Tom Brady, so that helped tremendously. Uh, my second league was kind of pedestrian. Uh, it's a 10 man league. The guys I'm playing with really don't know football like that. The guy I played against started Jimmy Graham at tight end. So that kind of gives you an insight of what we're working with. Football IQ? Football IQ is not 100%. You know, they're basketball players. I'm playing with a bunch of basketball players who uh, watch highlights, and so they think they know a little football. But um, my first week was actually pretty good. So um, next week is going to be interesting. i got to make some moves. Pretty much my whole bench went off for me because I had Melvin Gordon on the bench. I had uh, Mike Williams, Christian Kirk. Um, they all scored, you know, 20-plus points. So I got, I got some interesting uh, moves to uh, make this week, especially for my flex. Oh, I totally understand that. Uh, before I move on to mine, I totally forgot to mention also one of the best takeaways from NFL Week 1 was the black quarterbacks. Dak Prescott played well. Lamar played well. Those were the only black quarterbacks that lost in Week 1. Ever there one one. So shout out to all those black quarterbacks. I w- I'm looking at you, Jameis Winston and Tyrod Taylor, because you guys weren't put in like the best circumstance. New Orleans didn't know who their starting quarterback was going to be. They named Jameis. Then uh, Hurricane Ida comes in, got to move the game from New Orleans to Jacksonville. Going up against Aaron Rodgers, Jameis played very well. And then you have Tyrod Taylor, who. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, said, uh, I'm going I'm to prove a point and just. This, this one. I don't. I don't think he did. <laughs> I, I. I don't think he did. I think it was a really bad game. I think yeah. he wants to come out here and be like, it, it was terrible. But I also think it's like it's Aaron Rodgers. He he's he's the guy known for relax, relax. Yeah, he uh, threw, so he'll he'll be back. He uh, threw some uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic uh, interceptions that he normally would not throw, making kind of like some bad decisions early on in the game. It wasn't like it was later in the game trying to make something happen. It was some early on stuff that I was a little surprised from, to say the least. Yeah, that's true. And also, like, my thing with the Packers is you already already have – we've already seen that no one is able to control him. Like, Matt LaFleur, the coach, what are you going to say to him? Go up to him and be like, hey, Aaron, like, good – like, you got this, like, we're going to come back. Aaron's going to be like, get out of here. I don't talk to you. Like, I'm not trying to talk to you here for me. You don't know me like that. <laughs> like, And then also, yeah, that's it. And I think the person also, Tyrod Taylor, man, a lot of people forget he was supposed to start week one last year against the Chiefs. A doctor punctured his lung. He had to be rushed to the ER and he lost his starting job 
to Justin Herbert. He comes out there and plays Jacksonville. I mean, it, again, in hindsight, Anthony Lynn, former Charger coach, it was, it was. But, I mean, you don't want to go out like that. And then to get a second chance in Houston and to play, you know, the number one overall pick in Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer's first ever NFL head coaching uh, game in a regular season. It was, it was, it was nice to see Tyra get a win. Don't know how often we're going to say the Houston Texans dominated a game in all three phases. So we might be able to, and also they're in first place in the AFC South. So don't know how often we're going to say that either. And who knows when Deshaun Watson's coming back? Yeah. Who knows when Deshaun's coming back? Cause that's also been some, he's not, but it's like, like, we haven't really heard why he's not there. He's not going to be Houston. So what team can he actually play for at this point? Because Houston's already made it perfectly clear that they don't want anything to do with him at this point. So it's it'll be interesting to see. Oh, it's going to be very interesting where he ends up and where he lands. Uh, but, no, my fantasy team, let me start with the winner so I can uh, get that going. Would you like to guess what my name is, Kevin, on uh, fantasy football? I don't know. El Diablo. No, it's Big Balling Kurt. But you have to put initials, so the abbreviation is BBC. <laughs> All right, so... Oh. <laughs> All right, so we get to my fantasy. Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> so I had in my starting lineup, Kyler Murray, Dalvin Cook, he went off. David Montgomery, even though the Bears lost to the Rams, he still got a touchdown for me. Tyreek Hill, almost 200 yards receiving. Come on, let's go. 11 receptions, 197. Calvin Ridley. Eh. So you basically won with Colin like, Murray Matt, like, and uh, Tyreek Hill. That's pretty much why you won. Uh, and Chris Godwin, oh, 23 and a half points. Oh, then yeah, you won. He, he, yeah. And he lost me a couple points with the fumble, but then I had San Francisco's defense, who also lost me some points because they were up big and then they dropped down. But then on my bench, I did have uh, Derek Hender, or who was Darrell Henderson Jr. for the Rams, uh, Devontae Smith, who looked great as a rookie for the Eagles. Him and Jalen Hurts look fantastic. Uh, Mike Williams, as you said, was also on my bench. And then Marvin Jones Jr. So uh, in my league, I'm looking for people to trade. Like, hey, who who wants what? We can do this anytime. They'll <laughs> start for me next week because they, uh, they play New Jersey. Dallas. No, they play Dallas. Yeah, no, they play Dallas. That's going to be a shootout. They play that, – that's the first game that uh, the Chargers will play in SoFi Stadium. And let me just say, I don't think it's going to be a Charger home game. <laughs> let me just say that. Realistic. I mean, the fan base alone is 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 different. I mean, the Cowboy fans travel. I mean, quote unquote America's team. Even though I think it's ironic that's not the Patriots, but uh, but yeah, no. Um, Mike Williams definitely, I think, is going to go off. I think Diggs is going to do what he did to Mike Evans in Week One. Shadow him the entire. Uh, I mean, do what he do what he did to Mike Evans, but on Keenan Allen. I think he's going to shadow Keenan Allen the entire game, which is going to make it a little bit, you know, tougher for him to get some good looks. I think Mike Williams is going to be the benefactor of those open looks, especially in the red zone. Oh, yeah. And when you look at the Chargers, like, they actually have a really good wide receiving core. Like, everyone talks about their running backs by committee led by Austin Eckler, which is great. But still, their wide receivers, like, with Williams, Allen, and then I don't know who your throw would be, maybe Galton, like, I don't know. But anyway, enough about the Chargers. So I'm going to get to my loss. This is my other t- other team. Let me tell you who I went up against. Uh, Jalen Hurts, he went off. CeeDee Lamb, he went off. Who's his Hawkinson, the tight end for Detroit? He went off. Uh, and San Francisco's defense. But, like, I had no one. 
You know who my starting quarterback was, Kev? Aaron Rodgers. Three points. Hey, hey. Not great. It's funny. A-Rod played like Jameis. Yeah, and Jameis ball. Like, we, we talked about this in the group chat. He didn't ball. He just played very well. He, he, he was like 14 <laughs> for 18. He just happened to have good field position and threw a couple dimes. That's never been Jameis' problem, though. He can always – he's since uh, Florida State, he's always been, you know – Good quarterback, a baller. He can get, he can put the ball up there. He can get the yards. The problem is his decision making and making forcing stuff at the inopportune moment. That's always been his problem. I watched it for five six years. That's true. He will give you. He will give you former Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan over here. We don't have you know twenty eight turnovers, just as many interceptions. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also that game that Florida State game against Jacksonville State where they lose on that Hail Mary that wasn't even a Hail Mary with six seconds left. What had to be like the most deflating, embarrassing thing for a big-time program like Florida State. They paid $400,000 to Jacksonville State and still lost on a Hail Mary like that. And to me, it's already the best gift of the college football season where it's that male cheerleader who has that exasperated, like, that meme like, can't believe we just lost. Um, also, a quick question. Kevin, where is Jacksonville State located? Jacksonville State? Yeah, who they lost to, who Florida State lost to. See, I thought it was in Florida, too, but it's in Alabama. Ain't that the same thing? Random fact of the day. <laughs> Florida, Bama Shore, probably. Uh, I don't know how far it is from there, but I just I just assume it is. Um, I do want to switch gears here to the NBA because we did have some breaking news from the Athletic. Uh, Houston Rockets guard John Wall, uh, he and the team, the Rockets, have agreed to find a new home for John Wall. Now, John Wall, uh, there's probably going to be no buyout because John Wall is expected to make a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, coming up in the next two years. He has $91.7 million remain on his contract, Oof. including a four, $47.4 million player option for the 2022-2023 season. That's according to the Athletic. So give me give me both the sides here. What do the, the Rockets do, and what's the best fit for John Wall? Um, it's funny. We were talking about that earlier today. I was at work. Um, I first team that comes to mind that probably can absorb his contracts and will take him would be New Orleans. We need a point guard. Um, yeah, that's what I think everyone's thinking. Probably New Orleans. Uh, I said I would like to see – John Wall has always been one of my favorite point guards uh, since he came out. Um, but I just don't know where he fits in anywhere at this point in time. I think uh, Boston – See, I don't – I think Boston would be a good, a good place for him to be because he's a pass-first point guard. He's not like having Kimba or uh, Kyrie there or even Isaiah uh, Thomas. He's a pass first, look for a, sec- a shot second, whatever. Which I think it's something they need to have a lot of scores on that team already. However, what does Boston give up? Yes, yes. And I think that's the biggest thing is you hit the nail on top of the head. It's like, I think he could be a great fit multiple places, like multiple locations. But the biggest question is, what are you willing to give up? Because as we've read in this article, there's probably not going to be a buyout. There's not going to be a lot of teams who can take on that heavy of a contract for a player who's had some recent injuries and is getting older. I think New Orleans makes the most sense. That's how you keep Zion Williamson. Mm -hmm. I think a John Wall, Zion Williamson, Brent Ingram trio would be dangerous. I do also like the Clippers. But then the biggest thing is, like, what do you give up? Uh, do Do you put him in exile where you put him in OKC and then just try to get picks back? 
but you're probably going to have to give up picks to get him. So that doesn't really work. And then, as you said, like every other team, like where does he really fit in and what team is really like desperate, desperate, desperate for a, a John Wall? Or do we just go like, hey, you know what? Let's blow up three teams. So the three teams I got to mind was Portland, Philly and Houston. Three team trade. All three of those point guards like need a new you know, surrounding. But the only problem is Dame just resigned. So Dame's are in it for the long run. Dame's made that very clear. He's not going anywhere. I think the yeah. other team. So then do you, do you, well, then I was looking at, do you look at like a Ben Simmons going to Houston? And then do you, like, if you're Portland, do you give up CJ McCollum and then try to get shooters back for, for Dame, like for CJ, like anything? Like, I think that's the biggest thing. It's like every team I think has a need. But I think also when you look at the Rocket standpoint, the Rockets have young talent. Jalen Green is a young talent. He, you already know he wants to win Rookie of the Year after being the second overall pick. You got Kenyon Martin Jr. You got Christian Wood. Like you got a lot of young athletic guys. And I think John Wall, as they said, he won't miss games in terms of not showing up. He'll still show up. He'll just sit on the end of the bench. He can definitely be like a role model and be like, hey, for all you young guys, this is how you navigate the league. This is how you play X, Y, and Z. But what do you do if you're Houston? Where do you go from here? Because you're in full rebuild mode. But unlike the Thunder, you actually got like hoopers. No disrespect to like Shea Gilded Alexander in OKC. But with Houston, like you got some people. But I do think if you're Houston, this is also a kick in the pants because you lose John Wall and James Harden and Victor Oladipo. Like, come on. What are y'all doing down there in H-Town? I think uh, that's rough. Um, that is very rough. I mean, it. it you're at a crossroads almost. Do we completely rebuild or do we try to, you know, garner another veteran piece, you know, make us competitive? Other thing you got to look at is there's only two or three teams really poised to be championship contenders coming out of the West. And that being uh, Denver, Lakers. Oh, yeah. Phoenix. And Phoenix. And I think Phoenix is not going to be as fortunate, I'm not going to say it's good. I don't think they're going to be as fortunate as they were this last season. They will be next year. They had a lot of injuries on the opposing side that kind of helped them out to get them to where they needed to be. Um, I feel like they capitalized on a lot of them, but a lot of teams are going to be better. I feel like Dallas is going to be better. Um, Portland's still going to be Portland, so they're, you never know. If Dame gets hot and decides to score 63 games in a row, you know that could be a problem in the playoff series, but as far as Wall goes, the only, like I said, Pelicans, maybe Toronto. I'm not sure what they could give up to try and get him. Because who they have right now, Dragage is. Dragage. Um, I mean, that's tough, though. Like, because if you look at Toronto, there's a lot of question marks about where they go from here. Uh, you sign me, Jerry, like he's a great executive and I think he's going to figure out navigation and what to do and all that stuff with the Raptors. Also, we got to mention golden state. I think they're the biggest wild card out of every oh, team East yeah. or West. So I meant to do that's the other team. I was going to say out of the three is golden state. Everybody's sleeping on golden state because they had a bad season. last year. But you got the core. The, the big three is going to be back together. Clay stuff and Draymond are going to be back. Oh yeah. And then you got this, the, the young kid, uh, What's his name? Uh, big one. James Wiseman. Like James Wiseman. James Wiseman. And they still have, um, um, what's his name? Uh, Wiggins. 
You start Andrew Wiggins, who Andrew Wiggins just gave me twelve and eight. Well, that's the thing, like twelve points, eight boards. That's that's all I need for me. The great hype anymore. Air Canada, he's not that. He doesn't have to be the number one option. He can be the third, fourth option. I think he can shine in that. A lot of Andrew Wiggins reminds me of like Lamar Odom almost. Lamar Odom in like mid two thousands, early two thousands, like when he was on the Lakers. When he first got to the Lakers, everybody wanted him to be like twenty and ten every night. I'm like, LO's on a twenty and ten. Yeah. Lowe's comfortable when he's a third, fourth option. He can just kind of flourish and do his thing from there. Um, so I think he, if he's in that situation, he'll be better. Plus, you got if you got Clay back, that means the floor is going to be even more spread open. So he can slash. He can start doing a slash joint because he's not a shooter. Him spotting up and pulling up for threes is not his Yeah. Strength. No, I think when you look at it, though, like the Warriors all comes down to when does Clay come back? Because we we don't think it's gonna be the regular season. Or excuse me, we don't think it's gonna be the start of the regular season. We're looking at Christmas. I think that's what the reporters have been out of Oakland, San Fran, whatever you want to call it. Steph Curry just won the scoring title last year, and Draymond's coming back, and I think he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder. The Warriors, I'm not saying they finish top four, because the West is still loaded. But when you look at it with like, hey, Kawhi is probably gonna be out for the Clippers for a long period of time, if not the whole season. Jamal Murray still has that knee injury that he suffered last year. Is Phoenix going to be as good as they were last year? Portland's always going to be there, but do they finish in the top five? Dallas, do they take, uh, you know, does Luka, like how much can he just do in the regular season after signing that super extension contract? So the West is always going to be tough, and Golden State definitely has an opportunity to make noise in there. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I still think they can make the top four, and the reason I say that is because I look at the Lakers not doing anything. During the regular season, I feel like they're just going to half-ass it, just kind of slow-pace it, wait till the last, like, 30, 25 games to try to gel it up before the playoffs come because that team is, is going to be injury-prone. Yeah, well, I think also, too, when you look at the Lakers, Carmelo Anthony came out today and said, yeah, we're old as hell, but if we don't win, that's on us. Like, no one can stop us but us. Like, we're mentally better than everyone else. I think the biggest thing is like health, <laughs> like LeBron's and ankle he, yeah, against the uh, Hawks. It is going to be health. And I, what that's I, that's I'm what I'm saying. saying like, years. but I think Westbrook's gonna have a thing to prove because he's like, all right, look, this is my one time. Carmelo even said it's a must-have to win an NBA championship ring. And if you're Carmelo, you probably look at it from the standpoint of I won an NCAA national championship. I've won multiple gold medals for Team USA Basketball. Now it's time for me to ring, like get a ring. And then that will solidify his Hall of Fame induction. That will solidify his place in the Hall of Fame. So when you look at the Lakers, I think they're – I'm not going to say – he is, but I do think – I think that's going to make his legacy even better. So I'm not saying that – I don't think they're going to half-ass it because I think with Russell Westbrook, there is no such thing as half-ass. I just want to see well, how good those role players are going to be. How Kendrick Nunn, like – The older guys are going to half-ass. AD, Bron, they're not going to play at 100% because they can't afford to. Because if they try to gas out early, then they're going to probably get hurt. Um, Russell is going to be right. However, Russell, the last three, four years, has gotten a couple injuries himself. Russell's not, he's 30, what, 31 this year? Yeah. 
We'll have to we'll have to see too with the big man. We talk about the big man, and it's like, hey, Marcus All, he's no longer there, but you bring in DeAndre Jordan, you got Dwight Howard back there, Rondo comes back. Uh, it's just going to be a lot of guys who know how to win. If it was 2011 again, shit. <laughs> like Lakers be on fire, dude. Uh, I do want to get to this topic really quickly though. Uh, Nicki Minaj made a little bit of a Twitter like tweet went viral. Uh, she said, "Quote: My cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friend got it and became <laughs> impotent. His testicles became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl called the wedding. So just pray on it and make sure you are comfortable with your decision, not bullied." Uh, Kevin, just take it away from here. <sighs> My thing with this, the whole COVID and the, vac- the vaccinations has been this. Everybody who is opposed to getting a vac- vaccine has to, has a, some far-fetched reason as to why. Because their cousin's friend took it and then their balls exploded. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, come on. Let's just be, the majority of us went to public school. So the majority of us have been vaccinated since we were like five years, four or five years old. For diseases that wipe people out, you know. 70 years ago, 80 years ago, but they're non-existent now because of vaccines. So all of a sudden now there's a new disease or sick or whatever and virus and you have a vaccine for it, you don't want to take it because your auntie said they don't put trackers in the in the vaccine and that's not what you're <laughs> You're not talking, you're not quoting or talking to anybody who has any medical research. And she even said, I'm doing my own research. What research can Nicki Minaj do? Yeah. Yeah, she now she now says she's a way you to get a vaccine. Well, she has an infant, so now she definitely sounds like a Facebook mom who's like, "Well, I'm in this Facebook group, and I've been doing my research on it." It's like, all right, calm down. But can we all just admit? Yeah, you googled it. Like that's all you did. But can we admit the big? (laughs) Can we just admit like the big thing in the room? Like it's your cousin's friend who was about to get married that had something go wrong with his equipment. Is does that not sound like an STD? Like, doesn't that just sound like your cousin's friend was cheating before the wedding? Mm-hmm. And then blame COVID. <laughs> like, that's all that that's is, Nikki. That's all. Yeah, and then, and then blame COVID. Like, you down there in Trinidad, he probably like had some side chick or went out and had some side chicks. He got he got caught with it. His girl was like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Oh, babe, I got that vaccine." <laughs> and also, I like how she didn't specify which which vaccine. Like, that's the one thing I love is like, oh, if you get the vaccine, but they never say which one. Was it J and J? Was it Moderna? What, oh, yeah. Was it Pfizer? Was it hydroxychloroquine? Which is what I'm assuming some of your friends are taking because they don't want to take the vaccine. But to your point, this is all I want to say. If you don't take the vaccine and then you get sick, where's the first place you're going to go? To the hospital. You're going to you're going to go to the hospital and rely on the doctors and nurses to treat COVID because now you the have people it. that you didn't want to believe but, they told you before to get it. Exactly. But now you want them to help you just in case you get COVID. So I, I just think I don't understand where this is coming from. And then I just want to get to this story like as part of this. There was a 73-year-old man in Alabama who died of a cardiac event after being turned away from dozens of hospitals in three different states. So his name was Ray Domina. Uh, he lived in Alabama, and he tried to go to an ICU. They contacted 43 hospitals in three states in search of a cardiac ICU bed for him, but there was none. And then he ended up going to uh, Mississippi, and he died. He died 200 miles from his house. 
uh, in, what is this? Let me make sure I get it. Meridian, Mississippi, about 200 miles from his home. So think about that. Like when we talk about the vaccine, this is the biggest thing we've been saying. It's not just about you. Like, yeah, you might have the antibodies to fight it off. And yes, if you get the vaccine, you might still get COVID, but it's not about you. It's about the fact that you're saving someone else's life. That's the problem. So the fact America, that this person, they don't care about the next person. It's all about their individualism, about, about me, about what affects me personally. Um, all I know is I, I was told all lives matter and it doesn't sound like that same group of people is taking that, that seriously. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I, and, I'll, and, uh, before we get out of here, Kev, cause I do know you got, you guys to go, but before we got out of here, do you want to just share, we all, let me just set backstory real quick. We all went down to Texas to celebrate Kevin, you know, and his, his, his little baby girl first birthday. It was a great time. It was the first time that we all could see each other uh, in person in about eight to nine months. It was, it was great. But do you, do you have any, any story you want to share with the, with, with our podcast listeners on what went down Labor Day weekend in Dallas? Oh man, it was nothing but love and fun and family. That's all it was. A little, uh, <laughs> that's, that's all it was. Nothing that we normally wouldn't do. Just a little celebration of life. Just, just a little you know, celebrating a first-year-old birthday. Right. As we all know, this the first birthday is for uh, is for the parents, not for the kid, because she definitely will remember the fact that we were there. But shout out to Victor Greenwood, uh, one of our co-hosts, who took literally 550 pictures. So shout out to him because it, it was a great weekend. Pictures are great. All I'm gonna say is my underwear had so much chlorine in it. That's that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but uh, before we get out of here, before we get out of here, uh, Kevin, where can people find you on social media? Um, Instagram at uh, KEV, the number two, this, T-H-I-Z-Z. That's Kev2Thiz. Um, it's Twitter. It's at the Thizzard of Oz. Figure it out how to spell it. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to break that down. But yeah, at uh, Instagram. Uh, at care to this Twitter at the visit of Oz. All right. You can find the show at the arrows podcast. That's T H E E R O S podcast. That's on Twitter, Instagram. We are also on YouTube. Uh, so make sure you follow us there, subscribe and watch our videos on there. We trying to get to a hundred thousand so we can become verified. We're currently at 10. So just a little bit short of the hundred thousand, uh, you can follow. Yeah. We just a little bit short dog. Just so tell people to subscribe oh, to our YouTube that's our story. Uh, and you that's can follow awesome. them. Thank you to y'all 10 people though. Hey, I mean, that's probably half of his us, but still, hey. thank you. <laughs> and family and family. Uh, and then also you can find me at chilling with Kurt on Instagram and Twitter. It's supposed to be chilling with Curtis, but Twitter has a cap of how many characters you can have. So Twitter, I'm gonna need you to do better because chilling with Curtis has a better ring to it. But you can find me chilling with Kurt, chilling with Kurt on Instagram and on Twitter. And make sure you follow, share, and subscribe and download the show. We appreciate y'all. We'll see you guys soon. Yes, sir. Yeah.